today on The Breakdown. It's not that often that we do a super high roller cash game where lots of people have over a million dollars at the table, and we see a flop, turn, and river four ways, but it happens in this hand. There's a pretty cool move made by a pretty big-name player. We're going to talk about it right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Who's the big name player? Sam Greenwood. That oh. doesn't count anymore? He doesn't count? I thought I was hoping it was like somebody really cool like oh. Arnold Schwarzenegger. He or is a big name player in more ways than one. Big name. He's long. It's a long name. Schwarzenegger. What am I, crazy here? Why are you looking at me like I'm a I fool? I was just confused. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing weird about that. Uh, Sam Greenwood. Also, both his name is long and big in length as well as you know, he's a regular on the super high roller circuit these days. He's one of the biggest winners of the year. Wait, are you claiming that the name Sam Greenwood is a long? Greenwood. Greenwood is long. And also Sam is a, is a nickname. It's short for Samuel Mann. Samuel Mann. So that's quite long. And like there's a lot so, of... Like there's a lot of man? There's a lot of... <laughs> yes. There's a lot of, you know, silent letters in there too. It's KKKSKKKS. Well... Why do you keep saying KKK? Just because K's are silent in the word What the hell is wrong with But I apologize. I heard it as I was saying it. I realized that's not going to come across the way I mean it. I wasn't implying that Sam is anything, you know, that he has anything to do with... Really? The KKK. Wow, you really have started this well. It may be hard to believe now. But we're good, right? We can just... We can. We don't have to scrap this one, do we? It only hurts you, so I don't care. All right. Uh, Cool. So we're good. Um, Sorry, Sam. Just just make a little joke about silent letters. That's all I was doing. (laughs) So anyway, um, yeah. So this is uh, the... Once again, the Jeju Triton Super High Roller Cash Game. We've already done yeah. a few hands from this. We appreciate that they keep pumping out these big-time hands. Yes, I certainly appreciate it. With and, these uh, incredibly insane stakes. It's like, uh, it feels like for three or four years, we were all hearing about how the games in Macau were bigger than anything we ever yeah. saw, like at Dorf's High Stakes Poker. And it's like, I believe you, but whatever. And now we see them. Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually bizarre. Just yeah. where... You have guys who we see play, you know, 100K buy-ins or 10K buy-ins and stuff like that, like Sam Greenwood, who, you know, is now betting $70,000, you know, on the turn or something like that regularly. And it's just like normal for these guys. And they to whatever degree they were still a little bit sensitive to money, it's hard to be anything but completely desensitized to it now. Yeah. I mean, $70,000 in high stakes poker was a big river bet. And yes. that's just like a normal bet on the flop in this game. Right. It's right. crazy. It's crazy. It's a three-bet in this game sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it's really crazy how big this has gotten. And I don't think we're go- I don't think this is going away. I think this is what it's going to be now. I think there's going to be games like this from here on out, like available on TV, you know, or, or that are going to be, you know, out there in the world. I don't to expect be to be seen. playing in a game like this anytime soon. Yeah, I agree, but probably neither did Jason Kuhn a few years ago. No. He is. If you asked Jason Kuhn a few years ago, what are the highest stakes you'll ever play? He'd probably say something like 500,000. Yeah, and even then he'd be like, geez, I mean... Yeah. But yeah, okay, five hundred thousand. You buy in for a quarter million and hope it all works out. Yeah, you know? yeah. But, but I don't expect to ever be playing these stakes either, and that's fine with me. Yeah, I can live without. I don't need this. These stakes. betting seventy k on the flop with, as a c bet with nine high. I can live yeah. without that. Yeah, I'm cool. That sounds terrifying. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about this hand. Okay, it was suggested by my favorite journalist Ben Page. Yeah, he's on the Spotlight team. Good job, <laughs> Ben. Yeah, it's a that's a joke for people who just listen very closely to all of the podcasts. That's true. Um, 
I will say this about Ben Page. He, the only reason why he really follows up on the stories that he does is because he has a connection to them in some way, like a family connection. A friend of his was hurt by like arsenic, so he does the arsenic story. Really? You don't and, think he has the, the space in his heart for a stranger to, to expose the truth? I'll say this. He might have the space in his heart, but it hasn't shown that way yet because all he ever does is the stories. You know, Give Ben some credit. From yeah. the humble beginnings, you know, now he's on the spotlight team. You know where he started? He was on the local Philadelphia news doing the, yeah. like, call Ben if somebody's scamming you on Craigslist bullshit. Yeah. Okay. Now he's finally achieved that place of power, and he's still just helping out his friends and family. Congratulations, Ben. You're part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> we can create a whole movie about Ben Page based it. on the openings of our podcast where he suggested the hand at this yeah. point. Yeah. So I hope he, I hope he appreciates that. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps sending in suggestions, so that's yep. good. Maybe he just watches the videos. Wouldn't that be a disappointment? Oh, that would be funny. Oh, well. He has no idea that we're doing all this <laughs> stuff all the time. That'd be cool. All right. So Sam Greenwood is the well-known player in the hand. He has the equivalent of about $650,000 in front of him, which yeah. is the short stack in the hand, of course. Right. That's just real money, but just short stack with six hundred fifty k. Uh The blinds are about 2500 k mm-hmm. So he is kind of short for a cash game. Uh yeah okay, like, kind of short but he's fine. I mean you expect fine. most people to have two hundred blinds, but yeah, especially actually when you're playing against these guys, I would think you'd really want to have a lot. Yeah, more the money. the tables at least half just like rich guys. Right? Isn't Sam Greenwood's part of his edge is that you know he probably plays deep stacked way better than these guys. Although maybe in his mind he feels like that's where he can get pushed off of things and he doesn't want to be so deep. You know? Yeah. Like if you're a little money scared because the stakes are so crazy high, playing shorter smarter, and if you if it's going to affect your decision making. So anyway. All right, so um, I, there, he's going to be in the hand against three guys. I'll, I'll just say the hand. All right, okay. so 650K under the gun. He's got 6-5 of diamonds, and he decides to raise, and that shows that he really thinks he's better than the table probably when he's relatively short for a cash game and is opening 6-5 of diamonds under the gun. I mean, relatively short. He still has, you know, 100 yeah. and something, 130 blinds, right? I mean... You'd rather have 250 if you're going to have 6-5 of diamonds. Okay, but 130 blinds is fine to, to raise 6-5 of diamonds. Under the gun. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Anyway, he makes it about $12,500, yeah. which is a pretty small raise. Yes, so it, it is. It's a two and a half X raise. It's sort of acknowledging that you're probably not going to get folds. Like, you're, like, you're not going to just steal the blinds yeah. here, so you don't have to size it up because there's no real value in it. So yeah. you're just trying to, like, you know, define some hands, eliminate some of the competition, and play post-flop. Now, some of the listeners might know because they've checked in with us on stuff like this. He's going to have three opponents in this hand. I don't know. If these guys are all rich mm. or some rich, some are actually poker pros. I don't know. I've never seen these guys before. Right. Same um, here. So his first opponent is going to be Wai Kin Song, who has one or Yang, excuse me. It, it auto-corrected the song. Oh. Wai Kin Yang. He has 1.1 million in front of him and two tens in the cutoff. And he decides to just call. I suppose Greenwood has at least cultivated an image where people aren't expecting him to be this wide under the gun. Although it's pretty standard to call an under yeah, the with two tens. It's completely reasonable just to call here. In fact, I would default towards that, I think. I would as well. I would as well. Ten of diamonds, ten of clubs. Then we've got Rui Cow on the button, who I believe is one of the rich guys just based on other hands I've seen him in. I agree. I was going to say, he's, he's not a pro. There's no way this guy's a pro. Yeah, he like made some massive bluff with 10-4 suited in a way that... Couldn't wait to show it. Yeah. You know, there's like just certain things about him that just feel and very much like... He was vaping like, during that entire hand. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's cool. It's fine. But, like, yeah, there's no way he's a pro. All right. So, Rui Kao has 1.7 million in front of him, and he calls the button with 7.5 of clubs, which a pro might do. Yeah, so. I think that's perfectly fine as a decision. 
Then we got Tan Juan in the big blind with Ace Four of Hearts, and he's going to call as well with one point four million in front of him. Okay. So far, all the plays have been pretty reasonable and good. Yep, I have no problem with anything. The pot is fifty eight thousand five hundred dollars, and yep. that is just weird to me. But that is the case. You're going to get used to it. Eventually, it's just going to feel like really normal as we do more of these kinds of hands. I'm telling you. Yeah, but then I think about like how that is significantly more than the average American makes a year. Well, just wait till they start playing. The double super high roller versions of this, because that's going to happen too. Like when this, as this becomes more normal, there's there's going to be bigger buy-in stuff, and people aren't going to have a million dollars in front. Of them. They're going to have ten million dollars in front of them. Like everything's going to be times ten again. It's going to happen eventually. Yeah, I guess. Just quick check in with you. Yeah. When high stakes poker was going on, and you were watching it, as I'm sure you were, I was. You were thinking like this is enormous, right? Yes. Did enormous. You, if somebody told you eight years from now there will be a televised twenty five hundred five k game. Would you think, like, what likelihood would you give that as being true? Went back then. Yeah, if it was, like, 2011 Jonathan. Really hard to put my head around something like that, but I would say um, maybe 25% or something like that. Yeah. I'm just guessing. It's really hard to know what I would have said, but something like that. It just seems so unfathomable. Yeah, well, what percentage chance do you give there to be a uh, 25,000, 50,000 game eight years from now? Feels like 5%. Okay. I would say higher, but I don't know if it's a lot higher. But I would say... 25,000, 50,000, Jesus. Yeah. Like, billionaires would be playing. It's a billionaire game. Like, you can't get Sam Greenwood in that game. No. Well, billionaires could put him in. Billionaires could put him in and give him, like, 5% of himself, I guess. Whatever. Give him 20% of himself. He's going to be a winner. Yeah. Maybe more if he's going to win. But it's a billionaire game. It's interesting how, how poker is evolving, like... Being a high-stakes cash game pro has evolved so much. Sorry to take it aside, but this is kind of interesting to me. Where, like, I don't know, 20 years ago, for the most part, I think, maybe maybe not for the most part, but a lot of the players were actually playing with their own money. Like, I believe Doyle Brunson was playing with his own money mm. in those games and stuff like that. Yeah. And I, I think, like, Barry Greenstein was doing that. You know, player, the, be- the best and most successful players were playing with their own money back then. Yeah. yeah. At this point, there's no way Sam Green was playing with all his own money in this, right? Like, when Tom Drawn was playing on high-stakes poker, my impression was that was his money. Yeah, me, me too. I really believe that. Now, for a while, he was on full tilt and stuff, so he was getting full tilt points. Right, and, right. So everyone had money. But, like, there's, I know for a fact that, like, now that he, when he plays in this game and he buys in for a million dollars, I know it's not his money. Right. Like, I know it's Paul Fu's money, for example. Um, right. So, you know, like, yeah, it's going to be, it's, I mean, it's just going to get crazier and crazier. I think that's how it works. I mean... Remember when 100K was a crazy buy-in? Yeah. And then we had a million-dollar buy-in. We haven't passed that yet, but that's going to happen eventually, too. All this is going to happen. There's just not that many people who want to play a $10 million buy-in tournament. But that yeah. will change. That will change. I'm telling you, there's gonna be, it's going to happen. We're reaching James Bond levels. Yeah, we really are. And so, so my point being, like, we've gone from an era where in the highest-stakes cash games, which were not as high as this, um, the players, the, the pros even, were playing with their own money for the most part, to yeah. our knowledge. Yeah. To the point where if, if 10 years from now, you're right, and we're playing 25K, 50K games, the goal as a high-stakes pro is to essentially be employed by a billionaire so that you can get a piece of the winnings you have in those games. I mean, another way to do it, um, and not to marry crypto stuff with this, but like a big part of one of the things that crypto is getting into is this idea of tokenizing things, which means basically you can sell shares in anything, like, mm-hmm. and you don't have to sell the whole thing. So in, in theory, a, a poker player could sell shares. Of, I guess they can do this now, too. So you don't really need to tokenize themselves. No, you don't. Like, but they could sell shares of themselves in these unbelievably big games and sell it to the masses and potentially do it. I suppose that that's a way, too. Yeah. 
But it's interesting because it's more like you're looking for a job now than saying like, okay, I'm good enough. My bankroll's big right. enough. I'm going to put my money in the line here. It's instead you're trying to convince Paul Fua that you're good enough, that he'll give you 20% of your own winnings. Yeah, but you don't have to do that, right? Also, you could do very, very well playing 1020 somewhere or whatever you're playing. Oh, I absolutely agree. 2550. I mean, you know? obviously, if you, but if you can play in the games that's like yes, six rich level. businessmen and three pros yes. and you get 20% and it's a $10 million buy-in. And it's a free roll. It's much better than playing 1025 or 2550. Of course. Yeah. Like, wow. Like, it may, and again, it's probably 20%, but with bonuses and stuff like that, too. You know, if you yeah. win certain amounts, you get more and stuff. That, so that it just feels like that's the way it's going, where in the high stakes community, that will be the ultimate goal soon mm-hmm. to, to like convince very rich people to put you in these games. I mean, we may already be there. We might already be there. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. It's so, it's so different than 10 years ago, even. Yep. For sure. Although it's there were guys of, getting put in those games, too, you know. Yeah, like not like I don't know that Jason Mercer had all of himself when he sat down on high stakes. Yeah, that's time. true. But I don't know. I don't think I like it. Like it lacks purity in a way. I feel that way about a lot of these things. I feel that way about all the big buy in tournaments, actually. Like when you have the million dollar one drop. Yeah. But all the pros don't have 100 percent of themselves and it's not their money and stuff. It's like they're not really we're not really playing a million dollar tournament. Right. right. We're just pretending it's a million dollar. It's, it's actually worse in tournaments because people still even though it, the smarter poker community doesn't, but people still give a lot of credence to total lifetime earnings in tournaments. Mm-hmm. And that's right. completely bastardized that. Yeah, that's true too. But, but just the idea of like, it's pre- like we're pretending we're watching the, the one drop and you know, and it's like there's six pros left and no, the last six guys are all pros, which often is the case. So there's yeah. one, one non pro and all the pros are really playing like a 75 K buy-in tournament or something right. like that, you know, and maybe with, with what their wins would be, maybe it's more like, the equivalent of a 110K buy-in tournament, which is a, a huge tournament. Yeah. But we're pretending it's a million-dollar tournament when it isn't for them at all. It's for none of, none of them it's like that. And so it just gets weird. So I, I agree. Uh, at the same point, without staking, poker would be in a very different place. Yeah. And it would not be nearly as successful of a game. Right. Right. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm a little bit torn. From like a purity, viewership, like prestige of the game standpoint, I don't really like the way it's going. But from a keeping poker healthy standpoint, I think it's important to, to continue to allow staking and stuff. Oh, I agree. I mean, there's always going to be staking whether you allow it or not anyway, right? Yeah, so, of course. It's fine. To continue to at least like not care about it or mm-hmm. whatever. I don't know. What's your overall thoughts? I mean, I think it's for tournaments especially, it's totally fine. Um, it's fine for everything. I think it'd be interesting in cash games. You could have certain kinds of rules about people have. Although, again, you can't really enforce any of it, so doesn't matter it's going to happen whatever our thoughts are um i don't have a problem with staking i think staking is totally fine do you have a problem with when a player in a cash game is staking another player in the same cash of course game, even if everybody knows it yes so the only way i don't is if everyone knows it and everyone's 100 percent cool with it you know there's like i used to play um in a like back in the day before we started doing this even when we were doing this the first few years i was playing three times a week um, and that's how I made my living, right, before we made any money doing this. And so I played in a regular cash game. And there absolutely would be guys where as soon as they got heads up, they would check it down every time. And, like, yeah. everyone knew it. And it was fine. You know what I mean? And it was never an issue. Now, they weren't staking each other per se, but they would immediately soft play each other. And so the only thing I'd ever be on the lookout for stuff like that is if they were doing things so they could get heads up. You know? Well, that's an even bigger problem in your game because your game was a limit game. Yeah. And, like, a huge portion of limit play is equity denial through raising, right? So then it becomes kind of ambiguous as to whether these guys are just doing that to, to get the equity out and be heads up because they're friends or because they actually think it's the right play. Yeah, well, I mean, 
it's not really that ambiguous though when you're sitting there watching and you can yeah. sort of like demand to see hands and things like that if you if there's any question about it and you like you can make a stink out of it as soon as you think there's something going on and one time I did out of all the years I played one time I made a stink out of it because I thought something weird was going yeah. on um but mostly, mostly people really didn't seem to be doing that. They would just be like, oh, now we're heads up. Oh, now we check it down. As opposed to like, oh, if I raise here, that other guy's going to fold. And I don't have to put any more money in. The other thing, too, about limit is it's actually it's harder to get me out of the pot. If, if they're True. trying to, like, they make it two bets. It's still, if we're playing 20, 40, or 30, 60, it's like, it's 30, 60, it's 120 bucks. You know, and the pot's got 500 bucks in it or 1,000 bucks in it or whatever. Versus no limit where they can completely shut me out unless I have basically, you know, a Top, a top, the very top of my range. That's true, but they have to risk a lot more in no limit. Also, of course they do. Yeah. No, I mean either way, it's it's obviously not okay for people to collude. And, yeah. Um, so in general, no, I wouldn't want that. And I know, like Tom Dewan, I was saying this, and Paul Fu like play at the same table, and everyone knows Fu is staking Dewan, and apparently it's fine. And it seems like Dewan is not pulling any punches against Fua. Like he four bet or five bet jammed Ace Queen against Fua when Fua had aces, like for over a million dollars, and Fua insta called because he had aces. Um, so like. Duan probably wouldn't do that against, you know, if, if he was taking it easy on him at all. He would just fold yeah. ace-queen. It's like he's making a move and praying Fua folds, like, you know, jacks or, like, you know, he can't beat anything, obviously, that Fua has There's a more sinister there. way that could be happening, though. Like, if Fua had lost, you know, like, 600K to Duan yeah. in, in the session, and he's like, I'm not going to stake you anymore unless you dump to me. But why, what's the value of dumping? He can... What does that matter? What do you mean? Like, who cares if Duan dumps to him or not? Like, how does that help Fua? Like, that's, it's not a tournament. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. If it was a tournament, that would be different. Yeah, you're right. That's what happens with Men the Master. Yeah. Who is a complete cheater and bad guy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. Anyway, let's get back. Let's get to the hand, because we have not really done the hand. No, but I, th- I like that. No, that was cool. All right. That's cool. Um, all right, so we had Greenwood opening under the gun with 6-5 of diamonds, a call from Waikin Yang. Excuse me, it says some. Waikin Yang with two tens. Rui Kao with seven five of clubs. And Tan Juan with ace four of hearts. And Rui Kao's on the button and ace four hearts. Tan Juan is in the big blind. Okay. Correct. And the pot is 58,500. The flop is three of clubs, deuce of clubs, three of hearts. Okay. So Yang has the overpair with tens. Greenwood's got the gut shot with five six. Um, Rui Kao has the flush draw with seven five clubs, and Tan Juan has a gut shot with ace four. Yep, everyone has something. Tan checks, Greenwood checks. Do you think Greenwood should be betting here sometimes? I don't love betting into three opponents here. I just don't. Yeah, somebody's usually going to have at least a flush draw or a medium sized overpair. Yeah, I mean, so get them off of it. I mean, are we just going to like barrel? We can't just barrel every time in this spot. It just seems bad. Yeah, I agree. So I, I like I like not doing it. If there was even one less opponent, I like betting way more. Yeah. Or maybe if there was a diamond on the board. There's not even a diamond yeah, on the board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More ways to get out of this jam that we're in. Yeah. So Greenwood checks, which is mostly a give up, I suppose. I think so. Hoping it checks through and he gets to hit a four. You know, That'd but. be cool. Or if it checks through, a six or a five is often good, too. Um, so Waikin with the two tens. Now that he's seen the preflop aggressor check, decides to bet. I think that's a good play. I mean, he's almost always has the best hand unless there's a slow play from the big blind, right? Well, Tanjuan could easily have trips out of the big blind. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, not, a, it's slow not really play, a, a slow play out of the big blind. That's it's not the only really thing. a slow play. Is checking and flow. Okay, you're right. Fine, but I'm saying like unless the big blind is checking and has a big hand, yeah. he almost always has the best hand. I agree. That's all. Like he's and forget about that. He likely has the best hand. Period. He likely has like, the best almost hand. Almost always. Although Rui Kao can probably have a bunch of random trips because that guy seems pretty wacky. I mean, random trips is still just... He has to have a three in his yeah, hand. It's, it's not hard, easy. It's still hard. Yeah. 
everybody calls. So yeah, with seven five of clubs, uh, Rui Cow decides not to raise. That's fine. Which he, he could raise though if he wanted to. But, but it's, fine it's to pretty just call. strong being the player right after the preflop aggressor taking a shot, like only knowing for sure that the a C bet didn't happen. That's a pretty strong play by Wykin, which yeah, is he, maybe a reason not to raise a flush. He's up. usually going to have something. Yeah. And so, like, raising means we're just going to get called a lot and have seven highs. So, yeah. Um, then Tan Juan, I mean, it's a pretty ambitious call. There is a heart. a heart. There is yeah. a heart. Maybe he would fold if there wasn't a heart. I would hope so. Because he has ace four of hearts and the deuce three three board. Just I've, hoping for a five, basically. And what, what are the effective stacks between those guys? I know Greenwood's only got, like, 700K or whatever, but what about uh, everyone else? Wykin Young has 1.1 million, Rui Kawa has 1.7, and Tan Juan has 1.4. Okay, so there's potentially a lot of money to win here. If So, yeah, so we can win like, you know, 40 times or 50 times the amount, or almost 50 times the amount we're putting in. That seems reasonable then to, uh, to call yeah. here. Sometimes, sometimes we're drawing almost dead. Like, we obviously have, we can go perfect, perfect, but, and make the, the steel wheel. But besides that, we, we can be drawing dead, but it's not going to be very often. It's pretty unlikely. Yeah, especially on this board. So I think it's fine to call. And we can, if we don't clearly improve on the turn, we're just giving up. And then Greenwood calls with his own gut shot with no backdoor, but he is closing the action. Right. So it's a little different. It is a little different. Um, I would think, though, when we're in the big blind, we have to not worry about Greenwood almost never has a big hand here, right? He's right. rarely check raising here. So it's almost like we're closing the action. Greenwood's yeah. getting a better price, and he knows it. But I wonder how often Rui Cow bets when check to him, though. Like, maybe Greenwood has a lot of check raises because of that. Oh, I, I have no idea. Neither do I. Just from what I've seen, every hand I've seen of Rui Cow, he's very aggressive. Have you seen him play another hand besides this one and the one we just watched? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Uh, two or three other ones. Oh, cool. And he's always the aggressor. Hmm. In this one, actually, he's not, though. Just yeah. calling. All right. So now there is 173,900 in the pot. Cool. And the turn goes rather strangely. Yeah. It's the king of clubs. Sure. But hey, before we talk about that, Let's talk about Nitrogen Sports Poker Room. Ring, 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 Tel- ring. Telephone. Answer telephone, Siri. Uh, hello, uh, Nitrogen Sports Poker Hotline. How can I help you? I was wondering how many times it, I can withdraw. Wait, let me just check in. So who was saying answer telephone, Siri? I the, don't know. The Nitrogen Sports Poker Hotline is the only one who answered Don't worry this. about it. Okay. Don't worry about it. We're so not- you were saying you'd like to what? I'd like to withdraw my money. How long yeah. will that take? It'll take no more than 90 minutes and often 60 minutes, and you can do it all by yourself. There's no processing. There's no nothing. Just get into your account and hit withdraw. It'll come right to your wallet. Wow, this friend. is some good customer service. It I sure have is. another question. Please ask. What is the best way to sign up for Nitrogen Sports Well, the best room? way is to use the link in the description of this podcast, sir. Which now, is the Poker Guys podcast? That is the Poker Guys podcast, which we love as Nitrogen Sports, of, of course. course. And uh, not only is it fantastic because it does take you right to our sign-up page, which is great all by itself, yeah. but also it puts you right in line to be able to be, have eligible, eligibility and access to great Poker Guys events, including the Poker Guys famous end-of-the-month tournament that happens, of course, at the end of every month. Wow. You're a very enthusiastic customer service representative. Thank you. Yes, I try. And I have one more question. Please ask. Uh, recently, I've felt like life is devoid of meaning. Yeah. What, what what's the meaning of life? Yeah, um, it's a good question, sir. <laughs> yeah, and let me tell you, the answer is hidden somewhere in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Listen closely. Thank you, Nitrogen Sports Poker. You're welcome, Nitrogen Sports Hotline. Please hold. <laughs> so use the link in the description. Yeah. Um, 
And you can ask about the big questions in life if you call nitrogen sports. Absolutely. You might not have a good answer because I didn't really get much clarity there. But have you, you haven't even heard the whole podcast yet. How can you say that? That's true. And neither have the listeners. So stay tuned. The answer to it all is coming. It's coming. It's, it's like, like the end of Lost. It's coming. Oh, yeah. For the sure. The answers are coming. <laughs> you should read the book, The Secret. That'll tell you the answer. All right. Anyway, I'm kidding by that, by the way. Not the answer. 173,900 in the pot. King of clubs on the turn. Yes, that makes a flush for Rui Cow. Rui Cow makes a flush, and uh, Waken Young has the 10 of clubs with his two 10s. So he's got the redraw, and everyone else is drawing deader than dead. And somehow it checks through. I don't understand this at all. How can Rui Cow check on the button? On the button. He's the crazy guy, right? Yeah. Like, I totally understand everybody else checking. Yeah. With tens with the ten of clubs, doesn't love it. It's happy to have the ten of clubs, but doesn't love it. And so I, I understand not betting again here. I have no idea why in the world he would ever check this. It's so vulnerable. What are we afraid of happening? We're afraid we're going to get check raised? It's very unlikely we're going to get well, check Well, I guess raised. it's cool that nobody's going to put us on a flush. That's true. You know what? We will often get paid on the river by a lot of hands. But there's this other thing, which is our hand is vulnerable in a lot of ways. Like a club is a bad card, as we see. Yeah. Also, what if another king comes? What if a three comes? What if a deuce comes? Now our, now our hand has basically no value again, right? In our yeah. mind, right? Like it's going to be hard to get any value for those hands anyway. Now, if a deuce comes, actually, we can probably get value. If it checks to us, we can bet. But there's... There's problems here. There's there's like something like 13 cards in the deck that aren't super great. Yeah, what if Sam Greenwood has like ace-king with the ace of clubs right. and decided he had to call the flop with? And right, and now here we are, and like, like we're just going to give him a free shot at it and not get value. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. He's going to pay on the turn and maybe the river. And like, I don't even think there's much to be worried about. Anyway, we bet who's going to check-raise us, and what are they check-raising with, us with? I guess the big blind could have a better cl- clubs, I guess. Maybe, but are they Maybe. even going to check raise anything but the, the nuts anyway? And by the way, like there's a full house out there. Sam Greenwood, I guess, could have King King have checked the check called the flop. That seems really unlikely. Seems really not something to be worried about, right? We should be betting this and probably calling a raise a lot of the time, honestly, because it's hard to come up with guys who are beating us based on how the hands played out. Yeah, I don't love the check, but it's kind of cool to mix it up at least, you know? That's fair. I just hate doing it so vulnerable. Such a vulnerable part of our strong range, you know? Yeah, I'd feel better checking the nut flush. Yeah. Although I'd really want to bet that, too, because I'd want to get value from other flushes, really. Yeah. But um, how about the second nut flush, then? We could check that. Like, we can check something, but come on, man. Let's bet this puppy. Well, he did not bet the puppy. No. And, it, and as we see, it's possible he would have folded everyone out, but probably would have gotten called from two tens with ten, the ten of clubs, right? Probably. Maybe not. Based on his reputation, he probably would have gotten oh, okay, called. Okay, his reputation. Fair enough. Yeah. So that, that would be amazing. Be pretty happy with that. Make some money. Also, it's okay to take the pot down right now. It's not the end of the world. Make that Skrilla. Yeah. That's what the kids are saying in 2011. Yeah, it's been a long time. The kids are now like have, have kids of their own, those kids who are saying that. They're dropping those, their, their kids off at kindergarten with bologna sandwiches. Nobody uses bologna and their, anymore. And they're Money Morphin Power Ranger Lunchboxes. Money Morphin? Mighty Morphin. Oh, Mighty Morphin. Power Ranger Lunchboxes. I thought you said Money Morphin. Yeah, I know you did. That's actually... Money Morphin Power Rangers is a great name for a currency exchange. Let's do it. Huh. Let's start one of those. I don't entirely hate it. <laughs> <laughs> we might run into some copyright issues. Meh. Who cares? It's an entirely different word, though. What do they care? Exactly. All right, so... 173,900 in the pot still. And the, the river is the disaster card for Rui Cow. Yeah. It is the Jack of Clubs. 
Hey, Fordo Flush out there. He is Fordo no longer Flush winning. Fordo Flush is Deuce Deuce Three King Jack with four clubs. Yeah. The best hand now belongs to Wyken Young with two tens with the ten of clubs. Uh, Tan- Tanjuan checks. And now a very interesting thing happens. I'm just going to say the whole hand. Good. And then we'll do the results. Greenwood with six high, six five of diamonds, bets 65K. Mm-hmm. And everyone folds. Yeah. That's a nice relief. When that happens. That's pretty sweet. Couple questions. Go. The questions are tied into each other, but is this a good play? Should Greenwood be doing this? <laughs> that was pretty obvious. That was your isn't that the whole question, pretty much? The second question is should what should they do should, about it? Yeah. Should Y Kin Young right. be calling? Okay. Mostly. So first of all, should Greenwood do this? This is a pretty good time to do this, I think, right? Well, I have a slight problem with it. Oh, okay, good. He didn't bet the flop. Right. So he's just got the naked ace of clubs. Right. That's what he has. So it, it works because there were four players in the hand and he was closing the action on the flop. I guess he can have a lot of ace of clubs because of that. But are you sure he can? Well, he has more ace of clubs than Rui Cow has. He has more ace of clubs than the guy with pocket tens. Uh, Wykin Young. Wykin has, too. Those guys are often going to bet those on the, fl- on the turn when it checks to them. Um, and they're also... Wykin is Young's not going to just randomly lead out with the Ace of Clubs, and Rui Cow's probably not just going to randomly call with just the Ace of Clubs on, on the, the flop. flop. Yeah. Right. So maybe Wykin has, uh, you know, he can't have Ace Three of Clubs, he can't have Ace Two of Clubs. I don't know what Ace, I don't know what Ace X of Clubs he can have anyway. Um, but if he was taking a stab, he picks up a club, the nut flush draw on the turn, he's probably often betting it rather he's than He's not check. taking a stab, though. He's like, okay, well, yeah. so we have to worry about that. Um, Rui Cow, if he somehow has the Ace of Clubs, again, I don't know how he has it. Um, ace five of clubs, maybe he's he betting didn't... the turn. No, 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 yeah. no. Sorry. If no, if he just has the random ace of clubs, sorry, the naked ace of clubs. I don't know. Again, I don't know how he gets there, but if he did, he's betting the turn. If it checks, he just right. doesn't get there though. Yeah. So how does anyone get here with the ace of clubs except for Sam? That's the real question. Okay. So that's part a, which is good for Sam. Yeah. That basically nobody. Well, could Tanjuan have the ace of clubs? Maybe He's the only guy, like, maybe he could have Ace of Clubs 4 of X or yeah. something, or Ace of Clubs 5 of X. He could, have the any, one guy. he could have any Ace wheel because he's in the big blind. But here's what we saw. He checked the river when he made the nuts. Yeah. And it's possible he still has it, but it really drops. So he's the, the least likely to, to have it by game flow on the river and the most likely to have it until the river. Right. So that's good. So, yeah. the, so the guy who we're most worried about has shown us he's much, he's like reduces likelihood of having it. This is a good time to bet as a result. Okay. So I like the bet. Those are all good reasons to bet. But the second question is, if somebody has a lesser club, yeah. like Wykin, is it a good bet if we're trying to fold out those hands, considering we have to basically have the ace of clubs to make this bet? Or a flopped quads or something. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the thing is, it puts a guy like Wykin in... Tr- like, it's really hard with two guys behind him. With a lot of his clubs to call, right? Yeah. So if we think Tan is the guy who is the most likely to have yes. a high club, yes, he's and the he, guy. He already checked. That makes us feel a little safer about it. What's he's what? What big club is he supposed to have? It's so hard to get there for him to have a big club, except the Ace of Clubs. Yeah. And that's something he often would have bet on the flop. And sometimes it's not going to work. By you the mean way, the and river? it's okay. Yeah. Sorry, the river. Um, sometimes it's not going to work, and that's fine if it doesn't, right? But like, you got to think the other two guys are just going to. If somehow they had the Ace of Clubs or a big club, even. They would have often bet that on the turn. We can understand why the Ten of Clubs doesn't bet when yeah. the club comes in, because it's not that big. Um, and also, it's a king. I guess that's the king also sort of maybe freezes some of the yeah. action, right? Um, yeah. I mean, I don't see how these guys are supposed to call. But does Sam actually have the Ace of Clubs in his range? That's really my question. I think he does. 
I think he does. He has what down to ace of clubs ten. You're thinking? Thinking about it. I don't know if he. Yeah, probably. I'm trying to think if he can have ace ten off uh, from under so, the gun. Let's let's assume he can. Okay, so even so, let's assume that's that's where we're going from. Let's make sure that's really a thing that is reputable. Okay. So he raises preflop. That's reputable. He checks the flop. That's probably reputable. Yep. He does have the back door, the two back doors with any ace of clubs, which he might bet. Mm-hmm. So we got to remove some combos because of that. He might bet, but he's less likely to bet that four ways. Yeah. He then calls. I mean, he had a gutter and didn't bet it, right? Yeah. That's true. He, he calls the flop, but he is the last in, and that's probably reputable. The ace of clubs is probably enough to close the action. With ace of clubs and overs is probably enough. It is a paired board. It's not in a great spot, but... You know, it's a paired board again. He called with six I, high. I consider that semi-reputable. Not, okay. Not, and then on the turn, he decides to check. He could decide to lead on the club, having the ace of clubs. That's true. That's a good point, actually. He could just bet himself. Although that's not a very good story either. Like, why didn't you bet the flop? It's also a bad idea. Like, there's three other guys. Someone really could have a flush. Like, even if we have the ace of clubs, they're not going to fold if we lead, right? That's bad. Yeah. And, like, we don't want to do that. I mean, I guess it's weird, though. If they bet, like, what are we going to do with the Ace of Clubs then, too? It's not. It's it's a bad spot, actually, either way. Yeah, so I guess it's relatively reputable for that sounds Ace about of right. Clubs. But it's like, eh, do you really have that, yeah. buddy? Like, <laughs> That's fair. Come on, man. That's fair. I think if uh, Ykin was in the big blind with his Ten of Clubs, he might have to call. I think he should call if he's in the big blind with his Ten of Clubs. Uh, but I think it's really hard with two guys behind him, especially because I'd be worried about Juwan. I mean, that somehow Juan has a, like the Jack of Clubs or the Queen of Clubs, or maybe even the Ace of Clubs. Some, is he really, again, no, how I does he be, have those cards? I wouldn't be worried about that, actually, because first of all, there's only two clubs that beat the Ten of Clubs because the Jack and King are on the Oh, board. the Jack is there, too. So it's just the Ace and the Queen. Okay, we got the third nuts here. Yeah. And or, well, flush, anyway. Yeah. Third nut flush. And Juan didn't bet. Yeah. And if Sam bets and we call, I don't know. I think the Queen of Clubs might fold. Oh, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. The Queen of Clubs might fold. Hmm. Probably should fold. When Sam bets and we call. Yeah, because what else are we call? The worst hand, because it's like, you hope Sam is bluffing, you need us to have the Ten of Clubs. Yeah. Otherwise, you lose. Yeah. Right, because we're not going to call probably with the worst hand than the Ten of Clubs. Right. In it. Um, oh, that's interesting. And Rui did check the turn with a flush, but... We don't expect that. Yeah. We think Rui has some sort of like one pair hand most of the time. So Rui could really have the ace of clubs as it turns out. He could. But we don't know that. And there's no reason to believe that. We'd really expect him to bet a flush. I there. think, I think why Ken is supposed to call. Because it's really hard for anyone else to have the ace of clubs. It's sort, it's sort of like your heads up. It's yeah. sort of like you are closing the action. And you might even get the queen of clubs to fold anyway. Yeah. Huh. And Sam's story is like barely okay. It's barely there. I yeah. agree with that. Um, it's interesting because when I first saw it, I, th- I completely understood why Wykin folded. I was like, yeah, you have to fold with all these guys behind you. You might have defaulted to kind of thinking it was the fourth nut flush because you weren't really thinking about the Jack and King being out there. That's part of it. I knew the King was there. I was thinking third nut flush. But part of it was also just you got two guys behind you. You know, the gun guy bet. You're, just gonna be like, you're probably just burning money a lot in this spot, you know, calling. But the way this hand has played out exactly, it's actually really hard. Like, you're often have the best hand or often going to win the pot anyway, even if you don't have the best hand. Like, you might fold out the Queen of Clubs behind you. That's interesting. Huh. Maybe he is supposed to call. I, I mean, understand. Sam's story, as you said, is barely there. Yeah. 
I think but if Sam's, I were sorry, go ahead. If I were in Wykin's seat, I would probably fold also. But if yeah. I had a long time to think about it, I think it's probably better to call. Sam obviously does believe he can have the ace of clubs, right? Or maybe he, he just looks around and is like, how do these guys have it? He either believes he can have the ace of clubs or believes his opponents are not good enough to yes. understand that he can't. Right. He's not up against like Bonomo here. Yeah. If he was up against Bonomo and made this play, that means that's him saying, we both know the ace of clubs is still in my range, Justin. Yeah. Right. Right. By the way, he can also, in theory, have the queen of clubs, although it's really hard to come up with what queen of clubs. I guess he can have ace queen with the queen of clubs, right? Maybe. I mean, I guess Greenwood could also have quad threes and have played it this way. But that's one. Combo. I wouldn't expect him to do that. Yeah, I'd maybe. expect him to just bet into three opponents. Yeah, usually. Even though he crushes the board, I mean, no one has a three anyway, and yeah. everyone called right. Yeah. Yeah, I think Wykin's supposed to call with the ten of clubs. Huh. That's interesting. Don't think you're wrong, but I think I would probably have folded in that spot too, like you're saying. I yeah. think I think it's hard to come to that in the moment. You have to really really tank the hell out of that. And then I'd be yeah. worried in my tanking, I'm like, is it obvious that where I am now with all well, my... Well, it could, it could be that you're tanking whether to raise the nut flush or not because it's a paired board. That's true. Oh, that's a good point. That's true. And also, you could be tanking because you have quads yeah. and, you're, um, and you're trying to like get a call from someone else or something, too. Yeah. You know? You'd be doing all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. I wonder if part of our problem, if we know enough about Rui Kai? Rui Kao. Rui Kao, thank you. Um, to know that he will check a flush here sometimes. If we're like, well, sometimes like he's going he's gonna to call for sure. That guy's going to call. with, with the, But the majority of his flushes are worse than There's us. only two flushes yeah. anyway, yeah. So who cares? Like, that's yeah. not a problem. Hmm. It's weird when, when Sam Greenwood bets, he's always representing better value than what we have. Yes. We're only bluff catching against Sam. And he's deciding to bet into three players. Yes. And it goes against like so much like of our poker, like in our bones, understanding of the game to call with two guys behind you with just the 10 of clubs. You know what I mean? It's like, that's usually, usually that's a losing a money losing play. Right. Right. But in this this spot, maybe it isn't. If you know Greenwood is so good, which he is, and he puts together yeah. all the things that, that you put together when assessing whether or not Greenwood should bet based on his opponent's ranges, then I think you should call. Yeah. Elliot Lezra would have called. I'll tell you well, what. Well, Sam Greenwood probably wouldn't have done this if Elliot Lezra was in the <laughs> Yes, hand. I think you're probably right. You're probably right. Elliot Lezra might have bet the turn. I yep. mean, Elliot Lezra plays different than... He plays different, yeah. ...than us. And, yeah, that's that. And others. <laughs> anyway, interesting. Greenwood gets to win... It's we a nice think, little deal. We think a little minor mistake by Wykin. Only minor. Very minor, a though. Pretty big mistake by Rui Kao not betting the turn. So crazy. He bets the turn. Does he win or does Wykin end up winning? Wykin might end up winning. Probably, probably he calls because you said Rui Kao's mm. got the rep, and then it goes check-check on the river, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, so that's really unlucky for Rui Kao. Sorry. Wykin. Yeah, that, uh that it all played out the way it did because he, he could have won based on turn play or river play and sort of he made one of the decisions he sort of got wrong, I guess. Barely got yeah. wrong. And then the other one, it's really unlucky Rui Cow didn't bet a seven high flush. I mean, come on. Yep. Come on, Rui Cow. Yeah, come on, Rui. You're messing it up for everybody, man. And that's what we like to do here. Mess it up. For everybody. For the people. And we're going to mess up the rest of your day by saying this is the end of the podcast. Did you get the secret to life? Yeah. You want to know what it is? Yeah. All right, I got it right here. my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life. And I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. I'm going to be traveling the globe. We still have time to make it.